Hi, Todd. Hi, Laura. How are you doing? I'm great. It's it's like it's the afternoon. Oh my gosh! How does this feel? <laughs> it feels amazing. It's not it's the morning. It's also the I... afternoon here, and so like we're in the same part of the day, I mean, kind sort of, of. Yeah, it's oh, exciting. That's it's nice. a gorgeous sun. It's a gorgeous another gorgeous sunny day here in Los Angeles. How's it in Charleston? It's actually gorgeous and sunny here too. The per- the weather has been absolutely perfect. Like uh, probably a bad day to choose to record a podcast. <laughs> Well, and you had a you had a you threw a baby shower today, didn't you? Well, I mean, I was yeah, I helped. Um, there was okay. a, it was a group effort, uh, but yeah, we had a baby. I had a baby shower before this, so it's been pretty hectic. I also, you know, it's my my weekend with the kids, so had to juggle childcare and all that. But you know, I think that the mother to be had a lovely day, and that's wonderful. I, you know, did my part in various ways, and I'm, you know, really excited. The baby, uh, her name's going to be Olivia Beatrice. We're calling her oh. Livy B, and she's due on my birthday. So I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, please. oh my gosh. Well, that would make her what? Are you a you're a Taurus, right? Yes, that would make her yeah. a good person. Is what it will make her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I, God, this week has been kind of crazy. We, we, you know, I, I had a couple auditions this week. I had a couple of voiceover auditions. Really? So I've been, I did not I've been know in, that. Been in front of the mic a lot this week. I had a auditioned for a Kellogg's uh, commercial and auditioned for something else where, you know, they wanted a very low voice, oh, you know, yeah, talking like down there. Yeah. Be super manly. Butch it up. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, no, but but yeah, it's been a great week, um, really fulfilling week, and I'm so excited about our guest today, who I've known for years, Miss Crystal Alicia Garrett. I am very excited for everybody to to really hear her message. I mean, it's, uh, she was awesome. I, I again, I guess again, I will thank you for your connections. Oh no, <laughs> no, 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 us in touch, but you know, she- she's. I, I think that this is going to be very eye-opening. I mean, we, I feel like we say that every time, but this is one of the more emotional kind of episodes that we've had. And I think it, and it, it's... And funny, though. We did laugh funny. a lot, we too. We laughed so much that we, we cried. We laughed. We laughed so much. We cried. It was... You made a MacGyver reference, I did make you? some... I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty much randomly making MacGyver references all the time. I don't <laughs> Just really... Just all the um, I don't know where you've been uh, for the past 30 years, <laughs> but like it was kind of a big deal. We had a really good time. and We did. And I think that, that it's definitely going to come across... Hopefully. Yeah. Agreed. Let's let's tell our listeners a little bit about her. Crystal Alicia Garrett, the former Miss South Carolina of 2007, is a gifted singer, songwriter, and actress who graduated from the University of South Carolina with a B.A. in music with an emphasis in voice. Crystal has opened for Jennifer Holliday, Keisha Cole, Robin Thicke, and Ciara. She has performed as a guest production vocalist for Princess Cruise Lines, touring Northern Europe, the Caribbean, Australia, and New Zealand in various shows, including Born to Dance, which was produced by Stephen Schwartz. Crystal has guest starred on television shows such as Atlanta on FX and Tyler Perry's If Loving You is Wrong on OWN. She will make her big screen debut this September in the satirical comedy Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul in theaters and streaming on Peacock. Her single entitled I Need You is available in all digital outlets worldwide including iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon. Nice. Also, that is Labor Day weekend that Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul comes out. So mark your calendars. I can't wait to see it. Neither. I'm talking about it. All right. Without further ado, introducing Crystal Garrett. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Crystal. How are Hello? you today? I'm great. How are y'all? Thank you for having me. 
Oh, no, thank you for coming on. We are excited to talk to you this afternoon. Super, super excited. And Todd gets to finally wake up, like, you know, at a normal kind of hour to do this. Normally, we're doing this at the ass crack of dawn, and this is wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. We did actually do one with Tina Swithin that he had to get up at 530 in the morning and (gasps) and do it. And I was like, I have no idea how you're alive right now. Like, this is not even possible. Well, Crystal, we're so excited to have you. You're in Atlanta, Georgia, right? Yes. I'm in How How do you like that? I love it. I yeah. love it. What it's part? great. Right now I'm in Sandy Springs, so it's the north part. Okay. But I'm, I'm still in Fulton County, so I can pop down to the city when I need to, but then escape. Yes. It's <laughs> always nice. <laughs> yeah. You don't always want to be in the thick of everything. It gets Mm-mm. a little overwhelming. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I know that you and Todd know each other from, yes. uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hand it over to you guys. How do you guys know each other? <laughs> Hi. Hi. We did the Charleston Christmas special at uh, the, what is it called? The music. Charleston Music Hall. Charleston Music Hall. Charleston Music Hall. Probably, I think it was 2013, something like that. I know we've known each other a while. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That still feels like yesterday, so I don't really. It does. It doesn't make me feel. That was a good time. 2013 was was a good time. It was. Uh, Still in my 20s, can make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> and blame it on that. I know. Exactly. I'm in my 20s. I know. Yeah, it's really hard to try to do that now. Like, oh my gosh, I'm just in my right? late 30s. Like, y'all give me a break. I have kids. You like. It's totally even more so. I need help me. Help me. Well, um, I am so excited to finally meet you. I've heard nothing but awesome things from Todd. So um, you look gorgeous, just so everybody out there knows. We are recording this, and we will be exposing the pictures because this girl looks good. But um, before we get to any of the juicy stuff, um, can you first kind of tell us where you're from and a little bit bit about your family and background and, and how your childhood was? Yeah, my childhood was awesome. I was raised in, well, I was born in North Carolina, Fort Bragg. My father was in the military. Bless him and thank him for his service. He was in the Army, so I'm an Army brat. Um, And that will never go away. (laughs) But uh, I was born in North Carolina, and then we moved to Columbia, South Carolina, and that's where we were really raised, me and my sisters. And I loved being an army brat because it introduced me to people from all over the world. And I went to school with kids from all over the world, all different backgrounds, all different races, all different walks of life. So today I have a saying that I never meet a stranger because (laughs) I know all different types of people. So I'm, I'm really thankful that I was raised that way. And a lot of people question that because you know, my father had to do a lot of tours out of the country, and it was really hard for kids to be without their father, mm-hmm. especially when you're raised with him for a few years, and then all of a sudden he's got to go to Korea and serve our country. But we kept in touch with him. Back then we didn't have FaceTime and all that, so right. he would literally send us physical Letters. tapes. Oh, tapes. So, like, oh would tape great. Himself. Yeah, and say, you know, I might not be there, but <laughs> keep your stuff together. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching home. you. So he was always present, even when he wasn't. 
um, and my mom held it down like the badass that she is. And my sisters were always great. So we, we had a wonderful childhood. I dealt with asthma, so that's always been something in the forefront of my mind, and it always will be, and that's, that's okay because life is about overcoming obstacles anyway. So I'm glad that, yeah, I'm glad that I I had to face that earlier in life. Did you feel like the Army had good, like, health care as far as that went? Oh, God, yes. See? Yeah. So I I did, I was married to, formerly married to an Army uh, soldier. So I did also went overseas, and my daughter was raised in, uh, you know, for the first three years going to army daycares and she learned yes. German songs and all kinds of stuff. So it's really good to hear that you felt like it was an advantage, especially on behalf of my daughter. So that that's yeah, awesome. But the, one of the best things is they do take care of you health wise. So I hope yes. that that, that, mm-hmm. that was your experience. Yeah. Thank you. Try care. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Tricare. Hold it up for try care. Thank you. Yes. Now, now, Crystal, a lot of people, many know you as a former Miss South Carolina. How did you become interested in doing pageants and was your family and community supportive of that choice? Oh, gosh, yes. Well, it's it's a huge accomplishment because it's it's a big deal in the South and it's a big deal for a black woman in the South to win the South Carolina. There are only three of us in, I believe this year will be 80, 85 years Wow. So, yes, there's really? not mm-hmm, there's All not time. a lot of yeah, minorities that have captured the title and been able to represent the state of South Carolina. So, I'm very honored and humbled to have been one and God willing there will be many, many more. But I wouldn't have been able to do it without my family and without my community. It definitely takes a village. <laughs> And it, it was, it was a lot. And, you know, I had actually, I had so much support that by the time the year came around when I actually won, I had to, you know, that saying there's too, when there's too many cooks, too many yeah, chefs in the kitchen. In the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had so much help that I couldn't distinguish <laughs> who to listen to, really? what to follow. Yes. Yeah, so that's such a blessing, but such a curse <laughs> at the same time. It was a double-edged sword. Did you have a coach? Cyrus Frakes. He oh, is. He sounds serious. The, yes. He is the pageant coach of all time, in my personal opinion, because he's he doesn't try to crank out the same girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he, he really helps you to find out who you are, what you want to do with your title, and bring that out of you. So he, he's um, a life coach, essentially. Okay, so, <laughs> so multi-purpose. And one of my, yes, honey, yes. And he, <laughs> he's been one of my best friends for years since I was 15. I started doing pageants when I was 15. Didn't know that I wanted to do them until my high school pageant came about and I knew that I could sing in the church, but you know, your church community will honor you <laughs> no matter how those notes are coming out. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to test it. I said, well, let's see if, yeah. you know, everybody else might think that I'm a good singer. So when I performed my talent at Miss sophomore at Ridgeview high school in Columbia, South Carolina, 
I got a standing ovation and I ran off the stage bawling and crying and all the contestants were backstage like, yeah, you oh did it. You're great. And I'm like, you got great. What is this? <laughs> so, yeah. What a, it's, what it's a big way to work. bust out of that. I mean, like to, yes. to test it. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> right? Like I could have just, you know, gone to karaoke or something. Yeah, but, no. No, I'm saying, yeah, you picked a stage. Honey. And we'll be right back after a few words from our sponsors. Eternus is all about you. Eternus Life Coaching is all about partnering with clients in a thought-provoking and creative process that inspires them to maximize their personal and professional potential. Eternus believes in making your dreams and goals a reality, and their coaches know just how to do that. Whether you're just starting out or looking to bolster your current transformation, they have you covered. Leveraged by the International Coaching Federation and founded by Chris Wingator, Eternus coaches develop and maintain an effective coaching plan with attainable results. Eternus offers flexible plans and rates to allow all people to benefit from this rewarding creative process. So don't hesitate. If you want to unlock your full potential, begin your journey with Eternus Coaching today. Visit www.eternuslife.com and let Eternus help you manage progress and maintain accountability in achieving your highest potential. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Eternus Life. Did you always feel this like draw to be like on stage and have like, you know, kind of the show business aspect or did you kind of find it the other way around? Like you were interested in pageants and then that led you to explore the you being know, on the stage. Yeah. Well, I've never I, I knew at an early, very early age um, that my parents thought I could sing because my earliest memory is being four years old sitting on the sink in Fort Jackson and my mom putting lotion on me and I'm singing Mariah Carey and she stops putting lotion on me and just stares at me. And I remember her doing that. And then she said later on she did that because she couldn't believe what was coming out of my mouth. Wow. <laughs> year old child hitting all the Mariah Carey notes. Um, yeah. So I never, thought that I would be in the music industry per se, but I've always wanted to put smiles on people's faces. Mm -hmm. And I, I realized that through my voice, I was able to do that. So I started, you know, being in the church choir and then it, it expanded into um, being in pageants because I was actually hanging out with the wrong crowd. Oh, juicy. Mm -hmm. Let's get into let's, that. Let's get into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, as a kid, you just want to do what your friends do. And, you know, I was getting into bad stuff, not coming home at curfew. I got a military father. That was not going to yeah, stay. I, was well, I know you have a military father, but I've also <laughs> met your mother. And I'm sure that she <laughs> would put up with that. She didn't. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she was didn't. the boots on the ground, okay? She Honey, was the boots on the ground at home. So she was oh, holding right. it up for both of them. <laughs> Yes, that's right. So I had to make a change because I was getting in trouble too much. And I'm over this. In church, we would always do community service. And then I realized through pageants, you're given a uh, pedestal or really a um, platform. A platform, yes. To, like thank you're you. physically given a pedestal. That's what amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a platform to 
help people in a bigger way because you can get your foot in the door with titles. So I noticed that because I had a lot of friends that were in pageants. And I also wanted to explore my singing more. So I noticed that all the girls in pageants had their stuff together. Their grades were right. Mine weren't at the time. (laughs) I was not applying myself the way that I should have. And they really empowered me to do more with myself. What was it like competing in Miss America? And what was it like competing as a POC? Well... Also tell us if it's okay for Todd to keep saying POC. I think yeah, that's a good that's question right. as well. If it's a teachable moment, you can say the full thing. You can say the You know, I was, I, I, I was going to say African American, yes. then I was going to say black, and then I, you yes. know. Yes, yes. I think that that, that's, that's why we're having this podcast, because there's always, te- you've taught me this many times, it's always a teachable moment. Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. For all of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, ignorance is not bliss. Right. <laughs> not for everybody else. Like maybe for you, but not for everybody I else. Like. No, I want to know. Teach me. Tell mm-hmm. me. Stuff. <laughs> That's the only way that you grow and expand your horizons. But competing as a woman of color in Miss America was intense. And it was a moment in time that I really appreciate having. Because there were a lot of teachable moments for me (laughs) in myself and to other people. So as a black woman, I'm shaped a certain way. I got booty. (laughs) I've got curves. Mm -hmm. And in the pageant industry and in the entertainment industry in itself, being a stick is what's widely acceptable. A lot of women are built as a stick, and I didn't know that. Yeah. And I've, I met a lot of friends who were upset because they were being called too skinny, but that's how they were born. They would eat the house down in front of me mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. all the time. And they're like, this is just how I'm made. And I would look at their moms, and they would be built the same way. You know, so everyone comes in different shapes and sizes. So my only hang-up about pageants is the way that they look at women's bodies. There's no way to determine physical fitness from just looking at someone. Whoa. way that someone has depicted physical fitness in our society is sad. Because I've seen women who are dancers that are thick, but can do 15 fuetes Mm -hmm. and leaps around the smallest girl. Or I have seen the smallest girl lift a lot of weight. So how can you determine physical fitness and strength from just looking at someone? You can't. So my suggestion for the pageant industry would be to hopefully look at something different. But do you think the swimsuit competition completely needs to be eradicated? It has been. It has oh, really? Been. Okay. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. It's America no longer has swimsuits. Okay. Well, unfortunately, well, that's a small step a lot forward of, too. <laughs> but all the people that had to walk that's out great, there in a swimsuit, I'd be pissed off. Right. <laughs> like, and I had to do it. Yeah. Exactly. And imagine me listening to that. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. swimsuit competition is gone. I was like, "Wait a minute, I missed that." Right? <laughs> my idea was this now, fifteen years like, later. Do you oh my god, how much glue spray uh, like, I, mean, I had to use? To- <laughs> I had to use, but that I mean, <laughs> going through that has <laughs> it was a it was traumatic. Yeah, and I suffer from a lot of trauma from that still today when I look at my body in the mirror. I'm 30 pounds heavier than I was when I competed for Miss America. I was a size two 
And that was not natural for my body to be a size two. Would you say you, you felt objectified? Yes, absolutely. And I felt that I needed to fit the mold for a while. I would say a couple of months before I went to Miss America, I decided that I was not going to eat a yogurt for dinner. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. I was not, yeah, I was not going to grab pieces of fat on myself while I looked in the mirror. I was not going to look at all the other contestants and compare myself to them. What did your coach, like, did your coach help you with that? Like, was he supportive yes. of the fact that you were not, like, he didn't stand there and draw things on, like, oh, circles God, on no. everything? Okay. No. Just want to make sure you had those people. It was amazing. Yeah, and my parents were amazing. There were so many people in my village Mm-hmm. And and I know that they were trying to help, and I get that their heart was in the right place. But the way that they were trying to help was sending me in a bad direction. Some people suggested that I get liposuction. Oh, my God. Crystal. How old were you? <laughs> At that time, I was about 18, 19 years that old. That is nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't know you went through. I really, I honestly didn't know you went through all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eating yogurt or applesauce. Oh, I mean, I, I literally, if I have one giant goosebump, like we've talked about, is going to be the name of my book. Todd, you're so sweet. Yes. Um, but the, I'm in one giant goosebump because I had, I didn't even compete in pageants, and I had the exact same experience. You know, like going being a young woman is, it's like one of the most grueling experiences, especially if you're built different. Like I was even at my skinniest, never within like a BMI that was considered, like I was always considered overweight, even when I was like teeny, teeny, tiny. And I I was watching this, this very much just reminds me of, I watched this documentary on Netflix, the rise and fall of uh, Abercrombie and Fitch. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like, I watched it yesterday. Oh my God. It was, it's one of those things where it's like, it always gave me, made me a little nauseous, like the whole store and everything. Like the the fact that everybody was just, why were all the girls like sticks and all the guys were jacked and you're like, okay, they're clearly two different kind of standards here. They've changed now, right? Yeah, they have changed. They, they got rid of the complete opposite direction, right? They said that in the yeah so they're they're turning around but Mm. it was that was like a period of time where people like that was a a a victory if you could fit into a pair of abercrombie jeans as a girl when you were 15 or 16 years old i looked at that store and kept walking i mean i (laughs) trust me i remember i i every time i went in there i got the heebie-jeebies i didn't like it and the only pair that like i had this one pair that somebody gave me that magically fit and i mean i wore those for years just and then and then the the second they stopped yeah (laughs) the second they stopped fitting I was like my life is over Uh, you know like that's how mm, I think intense it is and I so I mean I just feel you so much on like the I've (sighs) never been able to be in that category of like you know that I got hips before all my other friends so I would like look in the mirror and like hold them in to see if I could like get my hips to like go back inside my body or use the muscles and yeah yeah and I would do do leg leg lifts in bed before bed like before I go to bed just like aerobics when you wake up right Mm -hmm. when you wake up I mean like I starved myself I did you know Atkins while I was playing volleyball full-time it's nuts so I can't imagine like it's got to be times like a thousand in the pageant world so I mean for one highly commend you for even putting your you know going into that at all because it's hard enough as just a a normal girl and um, I commend you 
for making it through that time because it's it's not easy. And especially with the way that magazines and everything that's out there that's visible to young women and young men, mm-hmm. everything that is visible is important. Like that's why I say that it's, it's so important for everyone to have representation. When JLo and Beyonce came out, I was like, my people. I'm okay. okay. I'm okay. Oh, I can look like this. This is fine. Like people like it. It's so important. Yes, people like it. Even even to an extent, extent, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but to an extent, Kim Kardashian and the 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 whole her whole and and Nicki Minaj and the whole the whole you know that that ass is okay. Yes. (laughs) It's 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 beautiful. You know, it's it's a beautiful thing. Yes, people are getting surgery to look like me now. It's, it's yeah, mind blowing. I know. I it's mean, mind blowing. Last lap now. I know. A bit of a compliment, <laughs> but also sad. Right. Um, Double edged sword. Right yeah. There. Oh. Uh, yeah, but it's it's a tricky, it's a tricky topic. But and then and now I have two nieces, so. Oh yeah. Then it comes. It gets real. Mm, it gets real circle. when you have kids around. It's full circle. Yeah. Yeah. So did it get like, so that moment you decided I'm not going to have yogurt for mm-hmm. dinner. Um, you know what there... it was? It was my mom. Okay. It was my mom that did it. She, she came in my room and saw the yogurt on the nightstand. Oh, now I'm going to cry. <laughs> and saw oh, the yogurt. Yeah. This is just emotional. <laughs> what was that? Getting into it. What I was know. Deep. Saw the yogurt on my nightstand. And I've never, I've never talked about this really. But I think that it's very important. <clears throat> Saw the yogurt on my nightstand, and she said, <laughs> "What did you eat today?" And I said that, and then she goes, "And Todd, you'll you'll know this is definitely my mom." Oh hell no! <laughs> she, walked <out>. <laughs> she walked out and. <laughs> Went downstairs, bless her, after her full day of doing <laughs> God knows what for all his kids and my father and trying to get herself together. Goes downstairs, cooks me a dinner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Mama Garrett. Right. Of like a really beautiful piece of grilled fish. I remember. I remember the freaking plate. Grilled fish. Carrots. Well, you hadn't eaten in days. Of course, you were like, Yo, what <laughs> is this? <laughs> the plate what, is, is right this here. Ceramic? Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember it. And like greens and all, all the good things and potatoes, I think. So to say, this is like the healthiest um, alternative meal, though. Like, yes. I could see my mom being like, no, here's some Velveeta right. and, <laughs> and shells. I mean, like, <laughs> eat something. You're embarrassing yourself. But no, right. like that, that was good but, on her, though. Yeah, but that was her saying, you don't have to eat like this in yeah. order to be healthy. Eat like this. But it's a full plate of food. Like, what are you doing eating a yogurt for dinner? Hell no. <laughs> you can eat some food. Silly. So, yeah. Well, it's hard Thank to kind of, I think, I don't know, maybe you feel this way, but it's kind of hard to switch from that attitude when you think of, well, I'm, I, I just know that food is bad. And so yeah. I should, I should limit it. And everybody else is telling mm-hmm. you at the same time, you're in PE, you're in whatever. This is how many calories you should be consuming, whatever. 
to then switch to like food is fuel. Like we actually yes. need it and that you That's should eat right. things more. Like I remember doing the Atkins and eating like uh, pork rinds and bacon yeah. and uh, like like that's not oh that's not good for you either like you. what are you doing so you know I think that, that it is a little yeah. bit of a mind like you have to relearn like kind of what mm-hmm. that it's okay to eat and that yeah, it's okay absolutely. to eat as long as it's like makes sense like yeah. what your body and you can yeah and you can eat what you want what you like mm-hmm. and what you desire just listen to your body about how much you put into it, you know, and, and how often you eat those types of things. Like I love pizza, but I can't eat it every day because I know that it doesn't make me feel good, mm-hmm. you know, if I eat it constantly. So pay attention to what your body is saying and pay attention to what your body is telling you it needs because it will speak to you. Crystal, thank you so much for being so brave to tell that. I know that was very difficult to talk about. Um, uh, but that's what this podcast is all about. That's, you know, when Laura brought it to, to the idea to me, you know, we, you really are helping a young girl right now who you don't even know. And with that leads me to my, my next question, which is, would you still encourage young women to compete in pageants in today's climate? And what are the pros and cons? Yes. I would absolutely say if they're drawn to do it. So even after the trauma you went through. Mm-hmm you would still say there is actually a benefit to it. Yes, because I came through that trauma and I became more loving and accepting of myself. But I had to go that low mm-hmm. in order to get to this point that I'm 35 years old and I can look in the mirror and say, mm, that's kind of jiggling. Oh, that's kind of jiggly. <laughs> you know what? That's going to happen eventually. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. You can't fight okay. biology. Right. But like I said, the way that women are now trying to alter themselves under the knife to, to look like me, it's, it's mind boggling. So they can use pageants as a way to become the woman that they want to become not only for themselves but for their families and for their communities and for their state and for their country so when i was competing i felt like i was representing not only my family but my whole culture and it was really important for me to represent them well so once i started thinking outside of myself my whole life changed did you feel like it was a greater purpose yes like it wasn't about me anymore it wasn't about me finding out if people like the way that i sing it wasn't about me finding out how skinny i could be compared to jenny on the left and becky on the left. <laughs> you know what I mean? it wasn't about that anymore it was about what can i do with this title that i want to win what can I do for you? What can I do for my community? What can I do to make things better for just one daggum person? <laughs> one daggum person. And once you start looking outside of yourself and getting to be selfless, life is so much more worthwhile. I wake up <laughs> thinking about stuff that I can do for other people. Like my life's purpose is about making sure that my family's good, making sure that I'm healthy so that I can help my family, you know, because if you're not good, you can't help anybody. What good are you to anybody else? The pageant world can help a woman become a woman. I would say be cautious 
and be aware of what happens around you, especially because they're so young. I mean, the, ugh, it's so young. The age cap, yeah. right. I think, is now 24 or 26. Yeah. I won when I was 20. And yeah, I mean, you're really not like fully even grown. I I would even say mentally, like yeah. you're not fully grown yeah. even physically yeah. at that point. And yeah, you know, so it I, makes you grow up fast. And, and I and I do see like I can hear in in your telling of all this that you obviously see a lot of the pros like the the yes. the, the, the especially when you have having that kind of support but that there it's almost sounds a little bit like the mission of Girl Scouts or something that it's like you know mm. you you see the world you meet new people you're learning different skills but you're also showing off your yeah. skills but you have the added benefit of the stage to you know, talk about what you're, what's important to you. Did mm-hmm. you feel like that you had a much different experience than somebody that was not a minority or wasn't African-American in, yes. in pageants though? And what yes. kind of different advice would you maybe give those, you know, those young girls that want to get into this? Yes. There weren't many of us competing <laughs> at, um, when I was competing. I think there were three girls three other black women my year that competed. So it was four total, something like that. Four across America. Wow. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, um, sorry, I'm talking about South Carolina. South Carolina, excuse me. Yeah, at Miss America, one, two, (laughs) counting, which is a shame. One, two, three, four, five, five of us. Oh, my gosh. See, yeah, that seems like underrepresentation of the population. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's an understatement as well. Yeah, but yeah, representation is is very important. My experience was different in the fact that I knew going into it that I would be looked at differently, which is a shame. South Carolina was great, and we had a minority on the judge panel. Oh, that's good. So I had a black woman looking at me. We finally did something right. Thank God, in South Carolina. I had. <laughs> We got to start counting. You can count the things One South Carolina has done right, done right. <laughs> on two hands, maybe. <laughs> One step at a time, and that's okay. I mean, stuff didn't change overnight, but that, and and there was also um, a man that served in the military. So, oh, there we go. So these these were these were my people. Yeah. <laughs> So also women that are competing have to understand that depending on your judge panel, <laughs> you could win or a different judge panel could be there and another yeah. girl could win. It, it's, <laughs> it's whoever is right for that time, but you can't go into it. I knew being a woman of color, I couldn't go into it thinking oh, they want this type of girl, so I have to be this type of girl. No, and that's what my family and Cyrus helped me and helped to instill into me. They don't know what they're looking for. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling them. They never know what they're looking for. You have to tell them that you are what they're looking for because you want to do X, Y, Z for your community, for your state, and for your country. And it has to go beyond you. So once you get to that point, then that's when real change can be effective, not only for you, but for everyone that that you represent and everyone that you're, you're trying to help in your community and in your state. And now a few words from our sponsors. Next page is sponsored by my restaurant, Bay Street Beer Garden. We're located in what was once an old train depot in downtown Charleston, South Carolina. Pretty cool, huh? 
Our bar and restaurant has beautiful high ceilings, communal tables, and German-influenced high-end bar fare, so it's as close as you can get to an authentic beer hall in the South. At our Bavarian-inspired and Southern-made restaurant, we're all about community, festivities, and uniting the old with the new. So go check out our website for updates on all the things, including live music, brunch parties, vendor markets, and all of our other upcoming events. We can't wait to see y'all. Next page is sponsored by Patrick Properties Hospitality Group. It's no secret that Charleston is one of the top wedding destinations in the world. And I'm thrilled to say Patrick Properties is the premier wedding and event company in the area. Since 1997, PPHG has unveiled five of Charleston's grandest properties and estates, faithfully restored and transformed into exquisite venues for special events. At Patrick Properties, we believe that moments matter, and our experienced team is committed to making each one extraordinary with unrivaled service and professional expertise. So if you're looking for a classy venue for your next big event, check out Patrick Properties Hospitality Group on their website or social media. Do you feel that Vanessa Williams was treated fairly? Define fairly. <laughs> Do you feel that she... No, you have to define it. I'm kidding. <laughs> could, but could you maybe sum up for the audience what, what we're referring to? Yes, there were scandalous pictures of Vanessa Williams that came out after she won Miss America. Now, you're going to have haters. <laughs> Especially if you look that good, you know. Honey, she's one of the most gorgeous women. She's an alien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the most gorgeous women in the world. You're going to have haters. But we were talking about teachable moments earlier, right, Todd? Right. That, I feel like that was the teachable moment that Miss America, the Miss America organization missed out on. Because mm. she was a young woman. Think about this. She's a young woman that was trying to make it break into the industry in the entertainment industry. And this is prior to social media. Right. Right. So of course, one of her haters put it out, (laughs) but um, she took those pictures for whatever her personal reasons are, which frankly is none of our business, but they came out. Okay. So now what do we do? I wish, and I think about this all the time. I wish that Miss America wouldn't have, and this is my opinion, force her to resign because I don't know if she did it on her own, if she was pressed to do it, who knows? We weren't in the room, right? But for whatever reason, she resigned. I wish Miss America would have allowed her to keep her title and explain why she took those pictures. We're talking about women in the entertainment industry. It's a man's world. This is a man's world. I learned to stop trying to sing on this show. It is a man's world. Sing it, girl. Sing. I'll be the baritone. Fine. Well, you could have done. You could have done the harmony. I'm a a, a tenor, really, but let's not not even go down the road. You can still do it. Um, But she could have used that as a teachable moment with the platform that she had with all the young women that are trying to break into the industry at the time to explain why she took those pictures, why she felt the need to take those pictures. And it may have shown growth in her because she competed for Miss America as a black woman, one, 
And she probably didn't expect to do that at the time. That's what I was wondering. Like, we don't even know when these were taken, right? Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, we don't really have, like, geo She was very, very, it was a few years before in, in New York, and she had taken a few pictures, and they were sold to Penthouse, I believe. Isn't that right? It was sold to some publication without her knowledge and without her consent. Yeah, I mean, and did she need the money? Did she struggling? Who knows? Who cares? Like, it, it's just, we in America, we have that so puritanical, you know, in Europe, they wouldn't have care they wouldn't have given two craps about it you know yeah 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 but the fact that she was so young and then she had her moment of growth decided to compete for miss america to help people that should have that should have been a teachable moment i do commend the new owners of the miss america organization for bringing her back a few years ago and apologizing they apologized (gasps) i like that for shunning her and it took way too long yeah (laughs) Did they give her back the crown, though? I don't think they did. But That's, uh, mm-hmm. see, see well, she won keep... out of all those ladies. Well, I do have a question, though, about the crown. This is yeah. not to devalue or undermine or yeah. like in any way <laughs> invalidate Vanessa Williams' experience, but the crown itself, like, you yeah. theoretically, you pass it on, right? Or do you keep mm-hmm. the crown? You keep your, I actually have mine. <laughs> Stop. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. I have so a tiara. Right I should have worn it today. You should have. You know what? This, this was God because I just got back from visiting my family in South Carolina. And my mom was like, take your stuff. Oh, take your <laughs> Including stuff. Including your crown. Because Gosh. I have. Or else I'm leaving it on the porch. I need space. God bless her. But... <laughs> So here's my crown. Oh my gosh, I love it. Oh my God, it's stunning. I have oh, it man. sitting on the couch because that's just where I put it <laughs> when I came in the door. And I don't know. Well, I thought you were like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna talk on this podcast. I'm gonna I did it. not. I did not. Like, there's a gown over here that <laughs> she's serious. like, please get get this out please, of here. Can you, can you please just like hold it up a little, or maybe <laughs> yeah. put it on your head? You know what's funny about my crown? Oh, I can't, I can't put it on my head anymore. Why not? Not the reigning queen. Oh, okay. A, See, these are story. rules that I would have issue with. You know, know. like I, this is why I could crown. never perform in a pageant because they'd be like, "You have a big mouth, please." Don't. No, that's that's the point of pageants to have a big mouth. Yeah, to stand yeah. up for yourself and stand up for other people. That's what it's about. Look at this random pink rhinestone. Oh, that is cute. I like and that. But is, that's um... not that's not supposed to happen. Oh, okay. So it so just it came from the manufacturer. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I like pink. Yeah, well, <laughs> cool. this will do. I can't yeah. wear it, but oh well. But like it's like breaking down and everything. God bless it. So unfortunately, <laughs> Vanessa Williams did not get her maybe get her crown back or whatever uh, one that she's not allowed to happened. wear anyways when she right. <laughs> leaves, when which I still take issue with. If you're listening, uh, Miss America, I don't know what the Miss Universe rules are or if they're more oh, advanced, but Miss America, you could take some notes. Um, so, <laughs> get it, girl. But, so beyond, but we all, you know, we know you as former Miss South Carolina, which is which is yeah. amazing. But we also know that you're a very accomplished TV film actress and powerhouse yeah. i mean obviously oh, a powerhouse vocalist oh, which we've oh, you know i mean that's <laughs> one of our favorite words here and we only give it to you though if you really deserve it and you deserve it oh, wow. so Thank you. how did you feel like so once you left you know doing pageants mm-hmm. you know did, how did you feel like going into show business in general did you feel well received by everybody what was your kind of general experience right after the pageant yeah, I did. I did feel well received. It's a process in the 
entertainment world of getting your name out, auditioning, like it's, it's a hustle. And a lot of people don't realize that it, it doesn't matter what title you may have had or, or whose parents yeah. <laughs> you might have, you know, if you've had parents in the industry before, it, it doesn't matter. You still have to prove yourself. You still have to make sure that you're hustling day in and day out. But I did feel, I have always felt well-received, especially after I moved to Atlanta and there were more opportunities for me. That's when I really started to study even more than I had on the acting side. And I've studied music for a long time because I'm classically trained and I graduated from the University of South Carolina School of Music in 2010. I wanted to like to be supportive and say go Cox, but I'm a very heavy, uh, my whole family's (laughs) Carolina fans are going to love this, but I'm a Clemson fan, so I just can't, I'm so sorry, but good for you. Totally support (laughs) it. Just Still South Carolina family. That's okay. <laughs> well, That's okay. Crystal, Crystal. now we're going to take a little bit of a turn. What prompted you to try out and participate on X Factor? Did you enjoy it? We, we always hear Simon's opinions, you know, but um, what was your opinion of Simon? There's a lot of questions in there. Mm. Inquiring minds want to know. That was an interesting time. I competed randomly because one of my friends said that he was going to compete. And he said, well, Crystal, you should just come and compete. And who knows what will happen. And I had just gotten over bronchitis. So I was singing with essentially 70% of my voice. And they, they ask you to submit three songs that you'd like to sing. I submitted Taking Chances by Celine Dion and Vision of Love by Mariah Carey and something else. I think it was like Katy Perry or something. Big songs. Yeah, but which was very smart of me having only 70% of my voice. <laughs> Yeah, definitely pick the ones with the widest range. Right, why not? Just so they can really tell, yeah. Yeah, and rip me one when I can't do it. But but I was like, you know what, God? Let's just go out with a bang if this is it. So it was in Charleston where I competed. Really? I didn't even know we had tryouts here. That's Yeah, Mm -hmm. and Simon Cowell was there, and so was Kelly Rowland. Hold on. Stop the press. Simon Cowell was in Charleston, South Carolina. Where was, yeah, where was it? He was. It was at the Coliseum or something? What is it? The, yes. The Coliseum? That big venue. The yeah. North, North Charleston Coliseum? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, that's where the auditions were. And oh, my sweet parents came and my little sister came to support me. So when it was my turn to audition, <laughs> we had been sitting there for hours and hours and I, I was warmed up. And then they just pull you out and they're like, okay, it's your turn. So I go up there. military, like hurry up and wait, you know? Right. (laughs) And the film industry. Yeah, exactly. I'm learning. (laughs) They're very similar. Yeah. Yeah. But we, I went out there and I sang (laughs) Taking Chances and my voice cracked. And I said, okay, I'm just going to keep going. And I kept going and I kept going. And then Simon Cowell holds his hand up for them to stop the music. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Wow. <laughs> they start discussing amongst themselves. There were four judges. And Demi Lovato was a judge as well. And she's a former pageant girl. Her. I didn't so, know that either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she competed in pageants a long time ago. So we related to each other on that basis. And she said yes, even though my voice cracked. And the other lady said yes. I can't remember what her name was. Oh, no. And then Simon said no. 
was it Kelly Rowland? Why was Kelly Rowland involved? Kelly Rowland was the last one to decide. So her vote was, I think, the deciding factor. Something, something happened where it was up to Kelly, right? So I was like, come on, Kelly. <laughs> come on, girl. Please. <laughs> me. And, you know, and she was like, I think you have more than what? Like, she could. She, she could tell. She could tell. She could tell. She could tell that something. You have bronchitis. Yeah, was you, going on. It'll be great when that's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's give this. Talk about taking chances. Let's give this. Yes. That chances. was a really good song choice, actually. <laughs> so they set it up good. Go ahead, producers. But <laughs> so she decided to go off for that and say, I'm going to take a chance on you. I'd say yes. So I made it through to Hollywood. But during the discussion, Simon actually said, I don't think you have a good voice to me. Just flat out. Ooh. Oh, Rude. Simon Cowell. To me, Simon's not a, a vocalist. Yeah. What is he so, doing? Right. So, bless him. He's, he's done a lot for the music industry and have, has found a lot of singers. But in that moment in time, you can't really tell what everybody has. You know, it's, it's, such, a, it's such a tricky thing that they have set up. So, with him saying that, I literally went... Start off my shoulder. I know I can sing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, you're dumb. Like that's Does like that you know. But I love that you went to the typical Southern bless him. Bless, bless him. Uh... Bless your heart. <laughs> oh God! You were raised in Columbia. I was. Yeah. I like, was. Don't the, don't try it on us. Okay. Right. Simon Cowell, try. But it. what's funny is I was I was raised in the South by Yankee parents. So oh, that stop. was that was a fun uppringing. I had a New York accent until I was six, and then it, and then I went to school. Oh, and then it, then it was this, yeah. <laughs> and then it changed. Your mom, I want some coffee. Uh, yeah, Bobby dolls. I want to play with my Bobby dolls, mom. Not even from you. You imagine their videos of me with that accent. It's real interesting. Oh my gosh! Well, we're gonna have to get a hold of those and put them in and the podcast. podcast. Put them in the podcast. Yeah. Oh God. Jeez, Louise. So I guess in general, like it, it seems like you're drawn, if not maybe chosen, somehow for the stage. In a way that you're, you're you end up there somehow pretty often. Yeah. Do you ever have stage fright? Oh yeah, every time. Really, yeah, I'm loving like, I, like hearing this because uh, I've talked to Todd about this, and we talked to the girls in Honey Fire and and multiple other people that perform, and they're just like, "Yeah, no, I've always feel like I'm gonna vomit." And I'm like, "Why yeah. do you yeah. do this yeah. to yourself?" Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a part of it. Like that, you feel alive. <laughs> like, <Yes. I'm> alive. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm living. Now. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> so that moment, oh my God, that moment right before you step on stage is like. It's always a thing, isn't it? It's always it, it's a thing. It's always a thing. The butterflies, the, the thought that you're not going to do great. Like, but being in the industry long enough, you realize that, yeah, it's, it's live. I call it live TV. Even if it's theater, live TV <laughs> Same thing. is live TV. Stuff's going to go down. So <laughs> just <laughs> live in the moment. You're alive. You're living. You only have so much control. Yes. 
Do you have like some kind of like ritual to kind of like prayer? Yeah, okay, there we go. That's good. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, help no, me through this. Take the wheel. Yeah, just take the wheel. So take these Thank butterflies away. Yeah, yeah. I literally say, okay, God, you got this, <laughs> and then I go on stage like, you got it. Don't go anywhere because we'll be right back after a few words from our sponsors. Next page is sponsored by Rogers, Patrick, Westbrook, and Brickman Law Firm, located in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. RPWB attorneys are experienced, respected, and tenacious. The common thread of their work is that they help those who have been wronged. They often lead class action lawsuits and multi-district litigations against large corporations. So they're the ones fighting the big guy. And people tend to notice their attorneys, including my dad and future guest, are highly regarded by both peers and adversaries and were voted best law firm in 2021 in U.S. News and World Report. Their proudest moments are when they help ordinary, hardworking Americans who have been harmed through no fault of their own. So if you need attorneys with experience, innovation, and determination, give RPWB Law Firm a call or visit their website at rpwb.com. So when we've heard that you were on a cruise ship performing when COVID and the shutdowns began, yeah. you know, can you like spill the tea on what happened? Because you were at sea for quite a long time. And I know some cast members were on the view. I remember watching the view today and your name came up on the view and I was like, what is happening? So please, can you please explain what happened to you when the pandemic hit? Uh, we were stuck <laughs> <laughs> for three months on We've, we were first on the Sky Princess, and then they switched us to the Emerald. Emerald Princess? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, were you, like, um, one of the ones that was declared, like, it was basically, like, before the countries were declared, uh, yeah. had COVID, they'd be like, the boat. This the boat. boat. Yeah. You yeah, were, the ship. Oh, my gosh. They were pointing at us. They were pointing at us. And I had nothing to do with <laughs> That's what I kept saying every day. I have nothing to do with this. I didn't do this. <laughs> Send me home. <laughs> I didn't do it. So, so, so for everyone listening, you were day in and day out just floating on the water. Floating on the water. Yeah. So I was hired as a guest production vocalist to perform in the shows in the theater, rock opera, beautiful shows that Danny Teeson created. And all of a sudden they're like, yeah, COVID's happening and this is what it is. And then a few days later, they're like, all the passengers are going home and we're like, oh. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. And then a few days later, they're like, you can't go home. And we're what? like, wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean? And then they said, we're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. We're, figuring, we're trying to find out how to get you home because the CDC didn't want us to fly commercially because they just felt like we all had it. Even I would though- have pretended I was a passenger. <laughs> I literally would have just grabbed the suitcase and rolled out with them. Like, how can they keep you? <laughs> I'm with like, them. For with three the months? Three months. Yeah. So the first two weeks were fun. No passengers <laughs> on the ship. And then all and the we alcohol was gone. And then it was- yeah. <laughs> Oh, that would have then that would have been a whole nother story. Yeah. That we probably would have been raising cane for real. Yeah. If there was no alcohol left. And this is this is before you could test on the ships, right? So yeah. you, didn't even, you didn't know if anybody was sick. No. And then after those couple of weeks passed by, they brought us tests. So anybody that felt like they were sick, they started testing them. But our ship never never had anything. No positive cases. No, but they wouldn't let us come to shore. Where so the were CDC, you? Where were you like parked out outside? In the Bahamas. Okay. <laughs> the waters of the Bahamas. And it sounds 
blissful, right? No, no, I but I you, you can only be on water. a ship for, for so, so long. long. For three months. Yeah, not knowing when you were going to be sent home. So it was to no fault of Princess, I will say that. But the CDC just said <laughs> we could not get off. So I get it that they were trying to figure out what this disease was because it was just ripping the nation apart, ripping the world apart. So they were trying to figure out what was going on and they, they didn't want to add, I guess, fuel to the fire. So we were on the ships and they were like, this is... <laughs> Hold on, stay there and let us fine. figure this out. Guys, everything's <laughs> fine. This is normal yeah, protocol. It was, it was not I just, fun. I just remember, Crystal, on The View, they said, a former Miss South Carolina is trapped at sea. <laughs> <laughs> and, and everybody else is like, oh, no, Help get her, her out, Todd. She's like, I can't. Help her. I can't. <laughs> But yeah, we had to because I, like we were we were literally trying to call the CDC and trying to find out when we could get home, contacting our senators, our congressmen. How did you eventually let them? Who let you finally? Finally, they they decided to let us off, but we had to fly privately. Okay, so they could have done that probably like two months earlier, though. Who knows? Who? <laughs> it was knows? a very confusing when time you say for everybody. Pri- fly privately. Does that mean with privately chartered planes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did uh, you have to pay for okay. that? Okay. Yeah. So we had to do that. I hope that they took care of that. Good. Princess. Okay. Yeah, princess. I've got some letters say, to write. Girl. Too. No, we. <laughs> who's writing that check? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can go home, but you gotta get (laughs) your own jet. Your own plane. Yeah, good luck. (laughs) So, like in general, obviously, other than that, you know, to be patient. What was your like biggest takeaway from that experience, and like kind of the pandemic as a whole? Like, did you did did you feel? I mean, you had to have been traumatized in some way by that experience. And so, how did how did that affect you? We all drank too much, right? Yeah. We, we all, all did drink. That was that kept the COVID away. Day drinking, yeah, mm. it was it was not it was not good. But then I have acid reflux on top of the asthma, all the things, right? Thank mm-hmm. you, Lord. It even with all that stuff. Thank you, Lord. I'm I'm alive. With that constant drinking, my body was like, "Ooh, girl, no, 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 no. We don't like this." So I was having um, health issues with that, and. The fact that I couldn't perform and the fact that I wasn't doing, you know, all the things that I wanted to do because the film industry had shut down. Shut down. So once I got home, it was it was real weird. Like like I said, when we were on the ship for the first two weeks, it was fun. When I was at home for the first two weeks, it was fun. But then stuff got real when I couldn't I couldn't do my job and it was completely out of my hands. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely trying to understand what we went through because I kind of don't, I kind of don't, yeah. I can't grasp it. I, and yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. That it happened. Yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of, this has been a very educational experience for me, like this whole podcast talking to so many people that are in film and production because mm-hmm. it felt like in Charleston, at least, you know, I wasn't going anywhere. They weren't letting yeah. you. But um, especially <laughs> if you're from Charleston or South Carolina, like you can't come in here. No, stop right. that. Um, right. But that, you know, I felt personally like attacked as like a, re- a restaurant owner because like events were shut down, yeah. in, indoor dining, all of it. And to yeah. learn how much it really did affect everyone, you know, everyone, but like 
the show business, like the, you know, that that was such a, like, at least on our end, we could, you know, make some kind of concessions. Like we'll do to go mm. food. We'll do something. Mm-hmm. We'll figure something out to keep you busy. Mm-hmm. But like when you literally, there isn't a theater mm. or a stage or anything open and you yeah. can't do anything like what, what yeah. a hopeless feeling. Crystal, would you say it like it, it, it kind of reinstates that this really is my purpose. I mean, you don't get to do your purpose in life, like performing it, it is, I, I can imagine it was quite stifling for you. Yes, it was. And so now I, I appreciate it a heck of a lot more being able to even audition or being able to even step on a stage or, you know, getting materials for a show that's going to happen. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that, yeah, I was definitely humbled. So Crystal, are there any causes that you're specifically passionate about? Why? Yes. So we talked about my asthma Mm -hmm. a lot. (laughs) We haven't, we haven't really talked about it. We haven't really, you know, you, you, you suffer it. from, you suffer from asthma and it's funny, you, you know, I didn't know that we share that and, yes. and Crystal, I just want you to know, I went to asthma camp. I did Stop too. it. Stop did it. Really? There's an asthma camp. Yes. It was called camp. It was called camp puff and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. See, representation is important. So you were around all the other yes, We would sit down for 30 minutes and have our nebulizer treatments and have like Yay. group therapy. Oh, that, that is great. So that is great. It is hard. I, I love it for you guys, but Puff and Stuff, they could have. I mean, at least, it was, at least it wasn't called Huff and Puff. You know, it was called <laughs> Puff and Stuff. <laughs> Oh, God. That would have been a completely different. Yes. Exactly. Bad you know. for your asthma. Not for kids. So, mm-hmm. so you, you didn't know you had asthma, too, and I, you went to asthma camp as well. Yeah, I um, went to asthma camp, and I was a camp counselor when I got there. Oh, my God. <laughs> the level of dedication is amazing. I'm So yes. you are passionate, so, obviously. Did that, did that lead to your, did that lead to your um, relationship with the American Lung Association? <laughs> <laughs> It did. So it was um, working with the American Lung Association, and we're laughing, but it's so serious. Working yeah. with the American Lung Association was a part of my platform. So I've always been a volunteer and an advocate for well, them. ALA represent. I just want you yes. to know I'm also big sport. So <gasps> Thank you. I'm doing yes. a dancing competition a for them. Yeah. Are you? Yes. Yeah, they're I, doing a local dancing, uh, Dancing with the Stars, and Laura is raising, um, I believe, over $25,000. I'm the celebrity, <gasps> which is so hysterical. Much. Yes. But, um, no, no, that is awesome. It, Get it, girl. Yeah, That's it's very awesome. exciting. I love them so much. They're just, they, yes. they, they're focused. So you both work with them. That's great. Yeah, yes. so we're That's all awesome. connected. Even though I didn't Yay! go to asthma camp, That's I can right. still we're be a cool kid. You know, they did away with Camp Puff and stuff. We need to bring it back. <laughs> Bring it back, Charleston. I feel like you'd be very different now. Come on back. Oh, Come man. I am back. so sorry that we're interrupting you so much, but it's just... No, this is great. I had no idea we all had um, some connection here or that there was asthma camp. I yes. did not know that. So, asthma yeah, you're very, you work with American Lung Association. Was that, like, a, something yeah. that you t- did a lot with, like, you know, when you talked about your uh, volunteering Our and platform. stuff with your platform? Yeah, yeah. I created... Um, a foundation called PEAK, Preparing and Empowering Asthmatic Kids. So education and awareness is extremely important for asthmatic 
people in general, but especially for kids. It's important for them to understand what's going on in their bodies when they're having an asthma attack, what triggers their asthma attacks, because there's mm-hmm. different types of asthma. I have allergy induced, there's exercise induced, so many different things could be going on with you. So the American Lung Association does so many things like these asthma camps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did one in Mer- Beach that the American Lung Association sponsored. So they taught kids how to use their peak flow meter, and that's where I got the acronym PEAK from. So you blow into <laughs> you blow into this little contraption and it monitors the level of oxygen, oxygen. that you have mm-hmm. in your lungs. I had that so, too. Yes. So it's a great way for young kids to understand. Like I can see what's happening in my body and I can gauge what type of day I'm going to have and just accept and love my lungs for the day that I'm going to have ahead and get to know all the different management and emergency um, inhalers that are provided and also help kids who don't have health care or who don't have good health care receive the medications that they they need because they say if you can't breathe nothing else matters that is but i love that that's their slogan because it's like yeah it's so true like what yeah. else matters if like literally somebody's suffocating <laughs> to death i mean it's yeah. just, did you have to when you were at miss america did you have an inhaler at the time yeah i always have an inhaler in my purse and i actually i was so i have allergy induced asthma but I kind of get anxiety panic attacks Okay. Um, if I get really nervous and I have to make sure that my inhaler is around. <laughs> is, that, is that new or was that new since you were younger, the panic attacks? I think it started when I got into the entertainment industry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, weird. it's not funny, but like, <laughs> you know, of course. But it's a thing, but it's a thing. I, I may have had it as a child. I don't remember, but I just, I know that, you know, it's, it's onset from anxiety dealing with whatever performance I might have. It, it comes and goes. So <laughs> going to my Miss America interview, my muscles and my larynx were really tight. So I just, I just wanted to have it on me. So I literally carried it to my interview <laughs> just in case because I didn't know what was going to happen. And during an asthma attack, you can actually have a panic attack from the asthma attack. Oh, gosh. This so is I like remember doing that terrible. as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, can, I have panic attacks. I couldn't imagine oh my mm-hmm. God, more than that. Like, yeah. how do you? Yeah. Like, Ooh. imagine breathe. I tell people breathe through a coffee straw. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially how it feels when you're having an asthma attack. Like depending making me on have a, the like a panic attack thinking about it. My yeah. Goodness. Like, oh my God, I can't breathe. Now what? So the biggest thing that we did at asthma camp actually <laughs> as a camp counselor was to try to teach the kids to stay calm mm-hmm. as calm as they could during their asthma attack. And a kid actually had an asthma attack during that week. And he did so great because of the, all the tools that, you know, we told them to just sit and focus on what was happening and get their emergency inhaler and slowly take deeper breaths, deeper and deeper and deeper as they went along. So he, he did great, but asthma camps are very important. Yes, no, they're not just, they're not funny. That was just, I love that y'all have that shared experience. We have, we have to laugh at ourselves. And I, I, right? And, <laughs> we got um, it. And I don't know if this is a good segue into what I wanted to ask, but but Todd did tell me, I, I he told me he talked to you before this and and that 
he mentioned to you that I the most I knew about you was that you had a foot swelling issue and that you got a kick out of that. So I felt like we were already spirit animals. But we are. you did Wait, write. I love you said that she has a foot issue and she got a kick out of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's even funny. Yes, one Wait. for you, Laura. You each have one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you did write, you, like, I found, like, a blog. You wrote a three-part thing about it. And so I was like, yes. this girl has been through a lot with this foot thing. And I was love just like, body. oh, my God, yeah. there's so love many me. things. <laughs> but can you tell us about um, kind of what that is? So I have lymphedema, and I have what's called primary lymphedema because I was born with it. But it didn't start developing until I was a teenager. So you could either be a baby born with a swollen limb or it will develop in your teenage years or your elderly years. So my left foot started to swell after I sprained my ankle playing basketball um, in middle school. So I got it checked out and then they did some terrible acid test on my um, lymphatic system because they did an ultrasound and found out, thank God that I didn't have any blood clots. So their next thought was that I had lymphedema and it was starting to develop because the Sprain triggered it. So we did this acid test where they put acid in my lymphatic system and it, it went all through my body so that they can see what was going on. And they determined that my in my left groin, I only have one lymph node that's responsible for keeping all of the fluid flowing in my left leg. And you're supposed to have tens of them, like 40, 50. Oh, and you had one. And I have one. Okay. Yeah. So I call her Polo Tank Tank. <laughs> Poor little tank tank. Stop that you did not just make that reference. I love it. Poor little tank tank. Shout out to Cat William. (laughs) Poor little tank tank. (laughs) She tries to, yeah. She tries to keep all the fluid flowing, but it's just her. (laughs) So the fluid just rests in my foot and it swells. So I've got to get lymphatic massages to remind my body to keep the fluid flowing. And I also have to compress my foot and my ankle to keep my body flowing that fluid <laughs> all the different ways you can keep it fluid you did kind so, of talk a little bit about how that affected like you know getting jobs and things like that like do you feel that that's gotten better now that people it has okay it has because I, I guess people are more aware now that I've told my story. Before, a lot of the times before you're cast for something as a model or an actor, they look into you <laughs> and they want to know your background more or they ask you to tell your personal story so that they know who they're hiring and who they're going to be spending their days with in and out. So that's great that they're on that path now because they want to know you behind your talent, behind your abilities. So I'm, I'm thankful that We've gotten to that point, but as a teenager, you know, being a model and in society, you have to look perfect Mm -hmm. (laughs) as a model. It was hard. I I lost a job because they took photos of me and my foot was swollen and they didn't have shoes on me so they could see my foot. So I wasn't asked to come back and finish the campaign that I was hired for. So that was... (laughs) Did they even ask about it? No. Just Mm -mm. Very Abercrombie and Fitch of them. Right? <laughs> and I won't I won't say who the company was. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Probably it, Abercrombie and Fitch. It, <laughs> no, but they're better now. They're better. Yeah, yeah, no, they're all um, but it wasn't them. It took a lot for me to accept the fact that this is a part of me and maybe it could be 
a way for me to help someone else. So once I came out about my story, what was it, a year or two ago, a lot of girls in the pageant industry and in the entertainment industry came forward and DM'd me and said, oh, my God, I have lymphedema, too. What? That's awesome. There's a lot of people suffering in silence about it. Yes. And a current actress, um, Kathy Bates, she has lymphedema. Mm -hmm. And I was able to speak with her. Oh, wow. And hers is because of recovering from surgery from breast cancer. And she's a breast cancer survivor. So speaking with her and understanding that you can still have a phenomenal career (laughs) and have this because she has it in her arms. Oh, goodness. So we talked about how the the worst part of our career is wardrobe fittings. Mm. Hate them. Hate wardrobe fittings. When they bring those shoes out, I'm like, oh, God, am I going to fit anything? <laughs> I brought my own wardrobe. Thank you. I, brought, I bring my shoes now. Yeah. Well, so those yeah. are things that you just have to learn to make your life easier and not force yourself into panic attacks about right. a pair of shoes. Yeah, you got a lot to think about at the same time. So. My lines and mm, I don't need to worry about <laughs> my freaking shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Do you like to talk politics with family and friends or do you stay clear? And do you think that our country is moving forward? And in what ways do you think we can expedite uh, the fight for equality? Mm. Well, uh, staying away from politics as an adult in America is impossible now, (laughs) but I try to be on the side of um, being helpful more so than being political, but still staying abreast of what is happening in our nation and in the world. Bless the Ukraine right now. And please keep praying for them. I have so many Ukrainian friends. But yes, it's definitely unavoidable when I go home because (laughs) the first thing that's playing in the house when I walk in, if my father's there, is the news. (laughs) So you know he's going to want to talk. Yeah, so, that, so do, your fan, do your parents have um, similar political views as you? Yes, okay. yes, they do. So that's that's helpful, but it doesn't stop them from yelling. Yeah, or being obsessive about it. My parents oh, but, are yeah. like, my parents are definitely like, when you walk in, it's just 24-7, mostly CNN. And I'm like, okay, I do love wolf i love right you know anderson <laughs> but like does he have to be in all like our business all the time like come on this is it's i think it's got to have an effect on your psyche at a certain it does it does it does and i've i've mentioned that to them and i was like this is so great that you guys are aware yeah very aware of everything that's happening but you got to give yourselves a break because <laughs> you could drive yourself nuts if you go along the side of trying to be helpful and trying to affect positive change, I think that um, that's very beneficial and everybody can do that. You don't have to be political in order to affect change. So we're making so many strides toward um, equality. I said that it's a man's world, but really- Not for long. Not for, yeah, not for long. And we've we've been, we've been, I think we've been running things, Mm -hmm. you know? We've been running things, just not in the forefront. Yeah. So 
We've taken a lot of strides in terms of equality, gay marriage, and minorities being visible in all different aspects of life, not just the entertainment industry, but in politics, in the world of politics. Representation is very important. Gay people being more visible is very important. And just understanding that you don't have to understand everyone's life. You don't have to understand everyone's personal business, but you do have to love each other. You do have to be accepting of each other. And that's where we get to the point of just being able to have a discussion. Some people can't even get past that point because they don't understand something. You don't understand my culture. That's fine. Let's talk about it. Do you want to understand Or do you want to try to understand or do you want to at least have some knowledge about what's going on? Some people don't understand. So what? (laughs) Can we get past your need to understand everything? And can we just get to the point of understand, understand what we can understand is that we're all human beings and we all deserve to be treated with decency. And that will humble you if you get to that point, but some people just get stuck with, I don't understand. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not about understanding. It's about getting past that and just saying, you are a human being like me. What do you need? How can I help you? Like get past yourself. Well, it's like, (laughs) I think that's such a good point because it's not like I'm ever going to understand what it's like to be a, you know, a male, like to have a a male brain and, and, and the, not just, you know, just the biology of all of it. I mean, there are actual differences, whatever. And I, but it doesn't matter where we take that and we're like, well, that's just what it is. You just don't understand each other. But when it comes to everything else, it's like, well, that's a lot. That's a lot for me to like really process. And it's like, okay, well, we don't no, really sorry, care. You don't have to process yeah, it. Yeah, you don't need to. Um, you don't even living to. that. Like you should just be respectful about that. So yes, um, absolutely. I, I would like to know, do you think that as far as the film industry and all that goes, as far as like, you know, do you think that we have come pretty far in that? And, and how much farther do you think we need to go? We've made a lot of strides with women of all colors, of all shapes and sizes being represented. So being a woman in general in the entertainment industry is tough. And being a woman of color in the entertainment industry just packs another punch with with it. But we've made so many strides, so many more stories that have been told in the past few years. I remember growing up and seeing Oprah Winfrey and being like, oh, shoot, she's great. Or Whitney Houston, God oh, rest man, her. Yeah. Being like, oh, shoot, she's great. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we, we're, we're making strides, but we've got a long, long, long way to still go but I'm so glad that I'm living in here in this time Mm -hmm. to see all of these great changes happen and hopefully be a part of that change that's awesome Crystal how do you balance your professional life and your home life as a married person in show business any advice out there for anyone else in relationships that are performers what's balance (laughs) first of all define balance balance. right i feel like i'm in a spelling bee (laughs) it's tough but 
it makes life so fun because we never know what's going to happen from day to day, essentially, because I might get five auditions one day and my bless him. My husband, Drew, is my reader. So when you're an actress or an actor and you have an audition and there's lines with you as a character and other characters, you have a reader that reads with you off the camera. And that's always my husband, bless him. And he's like, yeah, I'm the helper. Oh, that's great. He's He's very supportive. He is. He's super supportive. And I could not do this without him. So God knew what he was doing, putting us together. We grew up together, but we didn't start dating until six years ago. And then we got married three years ago. Oh, I love stories like that. So, yeah. We've known each other since we were 10. Well, I was 10 and he was eight. I'm the older woman. Oh, (laughs) cradle robber. (laughs) Yeah. Cougar. <laughs> but my advice to anyone who has a similar setup in their life is to just go with the flow. Cause I used to be a type a personality and wanted to control everything, wanted to try to control everything. But being in this industry, I've learned to let go <laughs> of a lot of stuff and also being married to the husband that I'm married to drew is so sporadic <laughs> and just would do the most random things like, oh, you want to, you want to go here or you want to eat at this place? And you want <laughs> and I would be like, okay, what are we doing this week? Like Monday? Yeah. <laughs> also, think? you have five readings you have to do with me tomorrow. So just pencil yeah. that in. <laughs> yeah, spontaneous. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sporadic works too, you know, it's, you know he's, he's willing to roll with the punches. Yeah, they, they always, you know, Crystal, they always said, if you want to, you know, make God laugh, you know, try to plan your life. Yes. I make he, he will throw, he, she will throw a, throw up. Yes. A, yes, they will. Something, something in your path. A monkey okay. That's right. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. We're doing this today. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Here we go. Well, speaking of spontaneous, well, it's actually not spontaneous, but we have a tra- tradition on this show. Yeah of asking a question of the day that Todd and I answer separately, but we want to hear your answer because it's probably okay. maybe much more well-informed than ours. You may have gotten this question before because it is on the list of the most commonly asked questions for pageant contestants. <gasps> but okay. I, you know, there are some reasons that I think it's been pretty obvious that I chose this one. Okay. How different would the world be if women were to rule the world? Women already rule the world. See, that's I have them. Yeah, yeah. But we have, like I said, we have we have been ruling it, but it just wasn't advertised. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the, the secret's out, guys. Behind every good man is a greater woman. <laughs> <laughs> so true. They always said that, but they never like let us actually like you know. Yeah. Say it ourselves. I mean, yes. Do you remember that movie? Um, uh, my big fat Greek wedding. Mm-hmm. She she said Tula. The man is the head of the house, but the woman can it's turn the head the is the neck and can turn the head anywhere yes. she likes. Right. And I think that's absolutely one hundred percent true, and it's also true you know yes i believe the women have i agree with you crystal the point of it is i agree with you women are already, women are already running the world it. we've been doing it yeah, yeah yeah so now that we're in the forefront even more and as time goes by we'll it'll continue to, yeah. to be visible then i think we're gonna oh we're gonna make some some great things happen yeah, without, like I felt like once I met Michelle Obama, 
I was like, my whole entire world and life shifted of like, because I went to a fundraiser before Obama was even elected. It was like a fundraiser in Charleston on Meeting Street. And my parents got, you know, tickets to, or whatever we, you know, I went, I was just along for the ride. (laughs) I was so, I I knew my mom was obsessed with Obama and I was just like, I'm, yes, let's go. And she was actually the one that spoke. Like he didn't, he did like a little tiny, thank you, Michelle. She's amazing. But she was the one that spoke and I was like, oh my God, like I just met my idol. Like I just didn't even know what to do with my Oh right and crystal i remember you you met you met obama and you have there's a picture yes. of you in the with the crown with obama yes yes Where was I that? Met him on the campaign trail and he he was so great he was like an uncle that i've had forever when he so awesome. when he talked to me like that's just how it felt and i've never met michelle but hopefully one day oh I'll you meet will her. you will She's just great. put it on the universe Obama's it's gonna happen awesome. yes it's happening Ugh. it's and gonna hopefully happen you like me. don't worry i'll call her up. We'll, thank we'll you get you together we'll get her, I, yeah. I, I do have like a little thing to share i and it's kind of just how, how this is how much i'm obsessed with michelle obama the other day i was watching have you heard of the show waffles and moshi for kids no. No. so it's it's she's like some, I think she created it. And so she's one of the characters, like she's Mrs. Stop. O. And I actually, you know, I've turned it on for my daughter before, but like, I've never really paid attention. And so one day I sat down, was actually watching it. And I was like, I'm sorry, is that Michelle Obama? Uh, and and it's like, my daughter goes, yeah, that's Mrs. O. Do you know her? And I was like, I do. I do know her. Yes. And she was like, do you know everybody on the show? And I was like, no, not exactly. I do know. Can you call Mrs. them for me? And then I cried. Like, I literally cried oh. out of happiness that she's doing this, that getting the message out to, to small children. Yes. <laughs> because that's what she should be doing. And that's yes. what, you know, that's what you're doing. And that's what we're trying to do is to be just positive influences for everybody. That not all, I not believe all. the children are our future. <laughs> Yes, Crystal. This is a trap. I'm not going to do it. This has been such a good Laura. Laura, go ahead. But I'm shelled a great. But no, thank you so much for coming on. Such a pleasure. having me. Thank you. This has been uplifting for sure. That's what we're hoping for. We had a lot. We cried. We, we, yes, laughed. we laughed. We laughed <laughs> while we cried. It was awesome. <laughs> so, and, every, and everybody just know that asthma camp still exists. It's yes. <laughs> and God. it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still cool if you go to one, so you should go to one. That's right. You should. <laughs> exactly. Learn your stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, have, have a, a wonderful day, rest of your day, Crystal. Bye, Thank guys. you. Thank you. Bye. That was amazing. It was amazing. Oh my god, huh? she's so great. What were your thoughts? Um, I, I, I knowing Crystal, I got to hear so many, so many other stories that she had never shared with me, and it was such a privilege to hear her story. I mean, all of her ailments and all of her what she's overcome, and how she's been able to use the Miss South Carolina platform, the Miss America platform, to sort of further her career, and she just continues to grow every day. And I, I, I just loved the interview. It was very emotional. It was very, yeah. It was it it was intense. It was, I think that was the first interview that we had that there was like legitimate. You know, I think we've all had like shock 
shocked kind of moments or or taken off guard but they're they're you know they're for the audience out there get to get a little yeah. bit verklempt but we all did at, at some point you know because it was it, I what I love the most about her you know you can call it like diplomatic or whatever you want but she's not hyper focused on one kind of thing it's it's how it all kind of comes in as a whole so so many different causes so many right. different things that she wants to shine a light on and I love her attitude towards pageants and how like I've never heard that perspective before of that it is a platform and that I really still am kind of baffled by the underrepresentation of you know just black people and minorities in general but it's I, I think that it is it, it's kind of turned me like I used to think like oh well this is like basically just parading women around but right. it you know I think well wasn't it fascinating that they they cut the swimsuit competition yeah they, they cut that and out like I said I would be pissed if I had to do the swimsuit and then they got it but I think that is a good move I mean what are we gaining by seeing what exactly. they look like in a swimsuit Nothing. And I think before the, you know, the pageant was probably run by, you know, straight white men. Uh, I I (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. I didn't want to bring it up to her. I didn't either. Um, But, you know, I just like she was she's so sincere and and really does take this the whole thing very seriously. That this is a not just a beauty contest or or even showbiz is not just so she can sing. It's a platform to to, for change and i think that's exactly what we're trying to do so thank you crystal for helping us with that and and i loved her her answer for the question of the day which i'm going to ask you right now how different would the world be if women were to rule the world man see she had such a good like a diplomatic pageant answer that i was like this is going (laughs) to definitely make me look bad but (laughs) honestly i mean i don't I, i think it would be I think it would be a much more compassionate world. And I don't mean that in that men are not compassionate, but mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of black and white thinking that goes on with with males sometimes. Right. And that that there is a lot more avenues for diplomacy. Women women talk, you know, but that's right. It's shown in scientifically in our brains, like how our communication areas of our brains are, are just a little bit more developed, more overlap of using both sides of our brains. And I think I just think that there would be a little bit more understanding and, and like a more maternal, uh, all encompassing, listening, open, open, like just yeah. a little bit more accepting of of not there wouldn't be as much fear. I don't think this fear of having something taken from you because women, I think, have been used to that in a way so it's like we're not like oh man we're gonna the power's gonna be taken from us like crystal said we're kind of been doing this we found a workaround you know we figured out how to kind of get our way or you know that way but now that we're out in the forefront it's like we're not scared that anything's gonna be taken from us because what's gonna be taken from us you know we haven't had a voice exactly so i just think that it would be a little bit more open and and not as rigid right but i want to ask you what do you think the world would look like if it was run by women i was really 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 upset when hillary didn't win just for the sheer fact that i want to see i want to see what would happen a lot of people would argue with me and say well hillary was already president and when bill you know well, also kamala is pretty probably I mean, yeah. pretty much running this exactly 
I don't want to say it, but yeah, but it's, it's, I, I, I want to know, I want to know what it would look like if the entire congressional body were filled with all women and all like, or predominantly more women than men. I would like to see what it would be like, what kind of things would be more, um, what the attention would be paid to and the agendas I, the agendas and i do think that you know i think that there is not that women don't have ego but i think that the male ego there is a lot more that happens with stalling conversations you know men get up and leave a conversation and a woman i feel yeah. like will 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 sit there and out smart you or outwit you in the conversation but she won't have to leave the Thank room you. do you know what i'm saying she doesn't have <laughs> yeah. to leave. She, i feel like women no, we're not leaving until we get this figured exactly. out Todd. exactly and it's <laughs> like you can you can rant and scream and leave leave if you want i'll be here when you get back you know when you're done I do being a baby feel like i know that i you know i think it i think there's been an unfair kind of uh you know obviously it's a stereotype for a reason but the unfair stereotype of the hysterical woman but if you really pay attention i think men throw a lot more fits than women do Oh, and I think it's because we're used to not getting our way, and so and gaming. We're gonna, <laughs> okay, well, there we go. That's a whole added aspect. I mean, talk about a tantrum. Jeez. Yeah, no, uh, agreed. And uh, but I, I would love it. I think the world would be. I agree. I, I do agree with you to an extent that it would be more compassionate. Um, but I, I, I've met. You know, listen, I've, I've seen some women who, who don't. They do not run on compassion and they do not they Mm-mm. they're way you know there there are some women that can you know that are way more quote-unquote stereotypically masculine than there are yeah. you know but i do yes i think that if we had more more variety of women and more women period it would be a better a better world a better more gentle world and, and to speak to that i think that a big thing is it's not like i'm saying that men don't have like feelings i think the oh, problem no. is that men have so many feelings and that they're not able or allowed to or seen as being able to express them in a normal yeah. like in a, a controlled and nice way correct and that maybe if women were in charge we'd be like hey listen you're allowed to cry you're allowed to say this like right. we're not going to tell you to go rub some dirt on it we're going to be like look you're you, Tell me what's up. You can still, I think, quote unquote, be a man and, and take care of yeah. the house and do all those things. If that's your stereotypical, like the way you want to live your life and the way you want to present, you can still do all of that and cry. It's like it's, yeah. it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. Todd proved that today. Yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. I mean, it was really beautiful, honestly. And I do think that that should be encouraged yeah. so much more. I mean, it, and whether that yeah. takes women ruling the world or if it's just people understanding that that we're all people we just need more because we're not we're not men bashing on this show i'm not going to bash my own gender but i do feel that there's something there that there at least needs to be more friggin equality yes just like it's the same and it goes both ways like there should be an acceptance that men can be that way that they can express their feelings agreed and i think that's a big thing that we want to get that out there express your feelings gentlemen stop holding it in and we uh, we should say that thank you, Crystal, for speaking so eloquently on all all all, all subjects. God, I love a pageant queen. <laughs> I know she's so open, so open, it. but so like put together. But still put together. I'm like, how do I do this? I don't know how to do both. Here's the real question: Can I hire a pageant coach for my life? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, how do I answer I daily one? life questions? <laughs> 
sense. Like just I wake up and they're just like, hello, good morning. <laughs> exactly. You're doing amazing. Let's get up now. <laughs> Let's get up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Laura. Well, thank you so much. Uh, the, the, you, it was a great, 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 great situation. It was um, a good combo. Situation. I enjoyed yeah. it. Always I love seeing you too. You too. So I can't wait till next time. Sounds great. We'll see you all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.